got two special people here tonight. First one I want to introduce you is uh, uh, Maurice Quaterio from Australia, from Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. There he is. I want you to give him a great big welcome. He's a good friend and uh, doing an outstanding work, seeing tremendous numbers of people saved. God's doing a great work through him. Recently, they saw 300 Muslims saved in a park in Australia. Isn't that a fantastic thing? God doing great miracles. So uh, make sure you go up to him afterwards and talk with him and appreciate him and bless him. Amen. We also want to welcome uh, Tim Hall. And uh, Tim is a revivalist. He uh, moves in the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a great welcome as he comes tonight. Tim, come on up and preach the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Lift your hands just for a moment. The miracle power of God is in the house. The start of last century, just close your eyes for a moment. There was a great preacher by the name of Maria Woodworth Etta. Woman of God, powerful woman of God. You probably know the story. She was preaching in St. Louis, Missouri. Halfway through a sentence, she was preaching a sermon. Halfway through the sentence, she froze. As she froze, people just watched and a cloud of the glory of God came and settled over her. A literal cloud of the glory of God. They watched for an hour and wondered what was going on because she was frozen. Two hours later, she was still frozen. Five hours later, she was still frozen. 24 hours later, she was still frozen, hadn't moved. All of her bodily functions seemed to stop. It was hardly like she breathed or any pulse or anything. And uh, she just went into a state of uh, animation. The glory of God was upon her. For three days, she stayed in that state halfway through the sentence. The, The heavens opened and the miracle power of God broke out. For three days, people came from all over St. Louis, Missouri. 120,000 were saved watching a woman frozen who'd simply stepped out of this dimension into the other. She simply stepped through from this realm into the dimension of the miraculous. She just stepped out. And you know, tonight, there's something that I want to do in this meeting. I want us to step over. I want us to step into another realm. I want us to step over tonight into another realm, into another dimension. Into the dimension where... The miraculous is totally the norm. Let's step over together. Listen, before you have a shout, I've been told that in the city there have been all sorts of uh, deaths and young people that have tragedies. I believe I'm going to preach tonight on uh, some keys, and one of the things I'll be touching on tonight is resurrection power. But I believe tonight that we ought to fill the city here with resurrection power. With, listen, with, with, a shout of, with a shout of dominion, we're going to step over tonight. We're going to step into that realm and uh, let's impact the whole city tonight. How many believe that we can impact the whole city tonight for the glory of God? All right. On the count of three, on the count of three, I actually want you to take a step. I want you to take a step and you'll feel something happen when you do. We're going to step out of the natural. You know, we can come into meetings as very natural people. I don't want to be a supernatural person. And I want to be aware we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But I want to stay in that place where 
the intimacy and the supernatural presence of God it dominates over the natural man and uh, it's so easy to get a little weary a little lethargic whatever and we just have to take control and say the spirit man's running the show thank you very much the spirit man's running the show flesh you just relax because we're stepping over tonight and we're not worried how we feel I'm not moved by how I feel I'm moved by what I believe and right now we're just going to step over with a shout and as we do I want you literally to take a step and say father tonight we're going through the veil we're going through the veil we're going through the veil we're stepping into a place the miraculous is going to break out on every side tonight are you ready the mirac- someone say with me the miraculous is going to break out someone say the city's going to be impacted tonight and we're going to have a shout. We just keep shouting till we just know we've busted something wide open. But listen, as you do, step, step over, step over, step over, step over. She came out of that thing three days later, three and a half days later. She stepped back, finished the sentence, and finished her sermon. And she had just stepped out of this realm. And as she stepped out of this realm, heaven flowed into the natural realm. Are you ready? Are you ready? On the count of three, take a step and have a shout. I believe that our shout is going to go into the heavenlies over the city and the whole city is going to be permeated with resurrection power. That We're just going to break something. We're going to break something open here tonight. We're going to break something in the heavenly realm. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. In the name of Jesus, we break through. We step over. We step over. We step over. The city's stepping over. We're stepping over. Kalabashakapete. Hallelujah. 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 Shakapata. Mobresi telabeshte. Kalabashalabakalabe. Matalaba kelabesh talabende, ma prabose tepende, matalaba kelabesh endalamandalaben, matalaba kelabesh endalabai, shikelabe. You may be a visitor tonight and you say, What's happening? I want to tell you what's happening. There are a body of people here tonight who believe that not only can we make a difference, but we have dominion in the realm of the Spirit. We have dominion tonight. Right now I rebuke every negative thought. Take captive every bit of negativity. Take every thought captive, every negative thing raised up against the knowledge of God. I seize captive in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely powerful through God. To the demolition of fortresses, we are destroying speculations every lofty thing that raises itself against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Thank you, Father. In the name, in the name of Jesus, there's power in the name. There's power in the name. There's power in the name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may wonder what language I've just been speaking and some of the people around you. It's an unknown tongue. 
Because he that speaks an unknown tongue edifies himself. We're not speaking to God, but out of our spirit, we're speaking mysteries. And the Bible says we're edifying and building ourselves up in our most holy faith. And there's something happening in the atmosphere. Turn to two people and say, you better believe something's going to happen here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Psst. Turn with me, please, in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 4. I want to talk about one of my favorite people in the Bible. His name is Abraham. Any man that can father a child at 100 with a wife of 90 is an amazing man and a fairly amazing lady. Someone said, that's an amazing lady. My dear mum is 91. I love my mum. I found out she went to hospital yesterday. And uh, so we're going to believe God that before the night's out, she's got cellulitis. One of her legs is a big problem, which is not good at 91. I'm going to believe God that right here we're going to curse that thing. And they'll take the drip out of her arm and she's going to go home. But uh, my mum's 91. And uh, I would be very disturbed if I went home and found out that my mum said to me, Tim, I know you're 57, but I've got some news. You're going to be a, a brother. You're going to have a little brother or sister. I'd be really concerned. I love my mum. That would concern me. How many say that would concern? Uh, concern me greatly. But I don't think it's going to happen. Praise God. Praise God. I want to talk about Abraham. And I want to talk about Sarah. You know there's an incredible book of faith. It's the book of Hebrews 11 that says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And we're told there that by faith the men of old gain approval with God. Uh, we're also told there that he who comes to God must believe that God is. How many believe God is tonight? And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And uh, it's interesting in Hebrews chapter 11 that we have all these great heroes of faith. And uh, we have little mentions of David and Samson and the great men and the great women of God right through there. And it's the faith chapter. It's the heroes of faith. It's the hall of fame of faith. But it's interesting that 25% of that chapter is given to two people, Abraham and Sarah. David got a few words. Samson got, and Samson, that's about it. And uh, Daniel got a little touch about lions and a mention of a few things there. But they received 25% of the chapter of faith. And I want to find out what makes those people tick. How many want to find out what makes them tick? I mean, I, I want to know a little bit about the faith of Abraham. I want that in my own life. I want to live in the realm of the miraculous. I'm, I'm like your pastor. He's, uh, he's got a passion for the supernatural. I've always been the same. Always your pastor joy they're both passionate people for the supernatural this is a passionate church for the supernatural and uh, i think we're with a passionate group of people who believe that we have a supernatural god i don't believe that god is just a quiet god who doesn't want to do anything i believe he's a god who wants to be intimately acquainted with you and uh, if you don't know him tonight you can have an encounter with him but abraham understood something about god have a look here in verse 17 the bible says in fact, we'll look at, uh, I'll read a little bit further back. Verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to, the, to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who was the father of us all. He's called the father of us all. If Abraham had not left Ur in the Chaldees, a moon worshiper who heard from God, a man who uh, lived there, uh, probably a worshiper of the moon there in the Middle East, 
Um, one night God spoke to him. God began to talk to him, began to pick up the voice of God, began to trust the voice of God. And God said, go out and find a city because I'm going to form a nation out of you. And he went out by faith. And he's called the father uh, of us all because to a great degree, um, if his step led to the formation of a, a family, to a nation, from that nation came forth Messiah. And because of Jesus, we are here tonight. And we love God. So Abraham is a very significant person. Someone say Abraham is significant. In fact, the whole world right now is revolving around Abraham. The whole world, the impact on planet Earth all hinges back on Abraham. Abraham did some stupid things. He jumped the gun just a little bit when he was told he's going to have a son and uh, tried to hurry the process with Hagar, had Ishmael. And uh, Ishmael, of course, is the father of the Arab nations, the father of the Islamic world. And uh, even today, something of the crisis that occurred, right, that between the, the promised child and, and Ishmael is going on. It's very interesting that when, Ish, when Isaac was taken up on the mountain, God said to him, take your son, your only son. And he didn't actually mention Ishmael in the whole thing. So that's interesting, and I haven't got time to go into that, so I'll just keep moving on. But Abraham has impacted the world and will continue to impact the world. The world has been impacted. Israel as a nation will not be moved from where they are because of a covenant that was made with Abraham all those years ago. Uh, it's not for Israel's sake that they're still there. It's not for Israel's sake that they haven't been driven out. It goes back to a covenant that was sealed and, and formed with Abraham all those centuries and centuries ago that even today is as real as the day God made a covenant. How many know we have a covenant-keeping God? He is a God of covenants. Bible says here, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. Someone say, he quickens the dead. And he calls the things which be not as though they were. Who in a totally hopeless situation believe God, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his body as yet dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Uh, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform it, and God reckoned it to him for righteousness, which is exciting. But Abraham understood something in a totally hopeless situation, in a situation where all hope was gone, all reason for hope was gone. He dared to hang on to God when there was no hope. I want to tell you, God is the God who will step in when hope is gone. He's the God who'll step into a situation where everybody says there's no way, there's no hope. You might have been told by the doctor there is no hope. I want to tell you, but God. Someone say, but God. Abraham understood two things. And I'm just going to preach a two-point sermon for about 20 minutes. If that, I'm going to go 17 minutes. Is that all right from here? That'll be just right. And a two-pointer. Are you ready? A two-pointer. Number one, he understood this. He said, God quickens the dead. What's it mean? He understood something about God. He understood that God is the God of resurrection power. You know, Christianity is built around one paramount significant thing. Um, the cross is certainly very central. But without the resurrection, even the cross has no significance. If Jesus has not been raised, the Bible says, our faith's in vain. We are living 
we are living in a dimension of resurrection power. We're not just living as Christians. What is a Christian? A Christian is a person into whom the very resurrection life of Christ has been breathed. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, around about verse 18. It, Paul prayed for the Ephesian church and he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. Another translation says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of your inheritance in the saints and the unlimited magnitude of power, the unlimited magnitude of Kratos power. That's the, that's the same power that was manifest in Christ when God raised him from the dead. He said, I pray the eyes of your understanding would be open that you might know the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance in the saints, and the unlimited magnitude, the uncalculable greatness and magnitude of power that is towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, it says in the next verse, which was wrought in Christ, which was exerted into the dead body of Jesus. What is he saying? He says, I want you to see the unlimited magnitude of the power of God that is towards anyone who believes and to understand that it's the same power that was exerted into the dead body of Jesus in that garden tomb when he was raised triumphant from the dead and seated. Uh, it says there... Uh, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when God raised him from the dead and set him in heavenly places and, and put all things under his feet, which is the church, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then in Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says, and you hath he quickened by the same power, by the same resurrection power. We have been quickened to life by resurrection. Is anyone with me tonight? Is anyone with me? You have been quickened to life, not by some weak, frail thing. You were washed in the blood of Jesus, but then there was the quickening fire of Almighty God went into your body from your head. Listen, let me tell you a little bit about it for a couple of moments. Do you remember John the Baptist was baptizing in the River Jordan? And he pointed and he said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He pointed to Jesus. And uh, before that, they'd come to him and they'd said, John, are you the one? He said, No, there's one coming. There's one coming, greater than I, so much more so that I am not worthy even to get down on the ground and lace up his shoes. I baptize you in water for the remission of your sins, but he will immerse you. He will immerse you into the dynamic, supernatural anointing and power of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> it said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that word for fire is best translated lightning fire. He will immerse you so that every cell and every fiber and every sinew and every bit of fat and every bit of muscle will be permeated with the lightning flash of heaven. Who are we to be? We are to be people walking on the earth carrying something very significant. Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Bible says, and gross darkness will cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. <coughs> but the Lord will arise on you. And that word to arise means he will irradiate out of you beams of divine, supernatural power and light. And he said, and Gentiles are going to come to the brightness of your rising. Why? Because you're going to be clothed, filled, baptized, saturated with the lightning fire of God. John G. Lake, great man of God in South Africa, John G. Lake. John G. Lake would pray along this line. People said to him, do you believe in voltage and electricity? He said, there's voltage 
in the soul. There's lightning in the soul of Jesus. There's voltage in his soul. And he heals men by its flash. And he said, we're baptized in the lightning fires of God so that as we pray for people, we pray for the flash of heavenly fire to come out of our hands and, and consume devils and, and consume cancers. We're loaded people. Is anyone with me tonight? I, I mean, I feel a preach coming on. I feel a bit of a preach coming on. we got loaded hands. They're loaded hands. There's something in them. There's something pumping up out of the depths of our belly, out of our spirit. There's a generator of holy lightning fire that is pumping within us. John G. Lake would pray, and he'd pray along this line. A man man came in one night with a massive tumor on his belly. It was 10 inches across, a massive typhoid sore on his belly. The man lifted up his shirt. The thing, they had to keep bathing it. It was just uh, going rotten. John G. Lake took one look at it, and the generators of God went off within him. The lightning, the resurrection power, the life of God went off inside him. He slapped his hand on that thing, and he said, In the name of Jesus, burn this cursed thing out. By the lightning fires of God. With that, the thing dissolved off his stomach. Two days later, they said, the thing's completely gone, John, but we can't explain. A painless quarter-inch deep birthmark, the exact shape, the exact shape of your hand on his stomach where the fires of God. You see, you see, we're carriers of resurrection, life, and fire. We've been immersed. We've been immersed into the very liquid fire that flows from the throne of God. And from the Lamb, we're immersed in something supernatural. We ought ought to be walking into the streets of this city carrying something that crackles on us like a fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's in the house. It's resurrection power. Abraham understood, number one, God raises the dead. He raises the dead. He raises the dead. He raises the dead. God raises the dead. I've prayed for many dead people, many, many, the greatest percentage of whom are still in the same state. I've prayed for them. I haven't done what what the famous Smith Wigglesworth did. He prayed for a lady, went into a room, a lady was lying there dead. I don't know how many he raised from the dead. I've got a friend who's raised nine from the dead, a number of friends that have raised people from the dead. But he walked into the room and here was this woman lying there dead and he just knew God had spoken to him. She was going to walk. And he went in there and he said, in the name of, Je- in the name of Jesus, rise up. Nothing happened. In the name, I said, I said in the name of Jesus, nothing, nothing. I said, you heard me. In the name of Jesus. Nothing. Finally, he got mad. Sometimes in the Holy Ghost, you've got to get mad. So, sometimes you just got to get dog darn mean. Someone say, you just got to get a bit dog darn mean. Oh, it's good to be awake again. Hallelujah. He picked her up. Threw her into the wall. That's one way to... Well, you can't hurt her. Can't do any harm. Oh, what about if you broke some bones? Doesn't matter. Picked her up. Said, I said in the name of Jesus, walk and shoved her into the wall. And she slumped down. Now he's mad. Now he's mad. Now he's mad. These old boys knew who they were. They knew they were carriers of the lightning of God. They knew into what they'd been immersed. 
They knew the baptism of the Holy Ghost was more than just a nice feeling with a few goosebumps and the ability to speak in. Oh, they knew that they were filled with something tangible. They knew they were carriers of something that was a force field in their belly. He picked her up. I said, in the name of Jesus, walk and threw her to the wall and she walked out. She walked out. She walked out because God raises the dead. You say, Tim, have you ever seen the dead raised? I've prayed for many, most of whom are still in exactly the same state, some worse, most of them worse. But one night I was preaching in a place called Curry Curry in New South Wales. I had driven eight hours with kids in the back asking me every kilometre, how many more kilometres? We drove into Curry Curry, eight hours driving, and I had to preach that night. And I thought, oh, God, that's the last thing on the planet I want to do tonight is preach the gospel. I appreciate the privilege, but, oh, God, it's pretty. Just let me go down to the motel here and get in the pool. And, and just, I'm, on, I'm supposed to be on holidays anyway. I'm not in the mood. I got down there, and there was a stack of people there in this hall. And it was an old town hall, typical Australian town hall timber floor every kid seemed to have blocks and cars with sirens and and the women were all talking and it was my turn to preach and the the anointing was minus seven in fact the power level was dropping very much in the minuses i got up and i looked around and the place was about as interested as uh i don't know but not very I started preaching. It was a disaster. It was disastrous preaching. It was, I was hating it myself. Every minute was getting worse. I, it was just a disaster. I thought, this is so bad. How can these people put it? Then the, the line to the ladies' toilet outside was becoming so long. And it was just huge, massive. And the kids were getting noisier and howling. And, and I thought, God, I'm going to give this away, have an altar call like a good evangelist and hope for the best. And uh, just have a go. And uh, I was just about ready to wind up. It was a disaster. And a woman started screaming. I thought, that's it. I'm finished. I'm finished. God's man of faith and power. I felt like God's man of paste and flour. And uh, I was finished. And I said, God, I'm finished. That, you can't have this. I mean, I, I was preaching bad enough. And now this woman's screaming, have I offended her? Oh, you know, it could have been a demon. I didn't know what was going on. But then she ran down with a little child about three and shoved him into my arms. Now I've gone from the preacher to the crash. And as I was holding this little boy, I realized that I'd moved from the crash and I was now the mortuary. This little boy was dead. I was holding a little dead boy. And I tell you, I didn't feel I, didn't feel I had enough power of God on me to blow the wax off a peanut. And I said, everybody stand. I said, God, we're in trouble. I'm in, I'm in, I look like an idiot now. I preach a lousy sermon now. I'm here holding a dead boy. The meeting can't get much worse. Yeah, I mean, it was a disaster. I rated the meeting minus 11. It was a disaster. And so I had to try and keep a good face. As an evangelist, you've got to at least look like you know what you're doing. You give some impression of something. So I was trying to, yes, praise God. Well, oh, hallelujah. Oh, Honolulu, yes. And holding this little fella. And I said, everybody stand up. We're going to start to shout. Well, I was shouting mainly one word. I didn't mind what they shouted. They could have 
shouted fish and chips and vinegar, I wouldn't care, long as it long as it had an anointing. And I was just sort of shouting, Oh, mighty God, help you! another old Roberts and finished. I was yelling and everyone was shouting and and uh, there must have been a little lady up the back with silver hair that looked up and said, oh, Jesus, you see the poor fat guys, you know, preaching. Have compassion. Must have been some little lady back there. It was in the back corner. A little mother-in-law of someone, a precious little lady, honoured and blessed like all mother-in-laws, blessed and honoured. And uh, my mother-in-law is one of my best friends. Somebody must have been praying because all of a sudden we're shouting and yelling. I'm holding this little dead fella. And all of a sudden I felt... (sighs) And resurrection power went through that little child. It hit me like a bomb. And I looked at two little eyes that had been stone dead, opened up and I looked into living eyes. And the lightning, he'd been dead for 20 minutes. He'd had a seizure. The paramedics couldn't raise him. The woman had run into the meeting with a little child who'd been declared dead by the paramedics. Ran in and I watched dead eyes become living eyes and a dead body become living body. Because God raises the dead. God raises the dead. I have a friend in Papua New Guinea. My friend in Papua New Guinea stands about five foot two. His name's Wordman. He's one of my great friends. He's a little Papua New Guinean fellow that's uh, full of the power of God from Popandetta. He went to the highlands of New Guinea to minister. I'm going to move fairly quickly. He's up in the highlands of New Guinea ministering. As he's ministering up there, instead of the blessing of God, the place went mad, absolutely mad. Everybody was upset. Guys were running around. People were getting mad. The dev- every devil up there was getting fired up, up in this area in the highlands. And uh, he just kept on preaching, kept on preaching. He just thought, I'll preach through it. And the place went mad. Finally, a group of young men came down. And they stood outside of his hut. They started to yell at him, pointing at him, yelling at him, screaming at him, yelling. And uh, one of them got madder. He came out and he thought, they're going to kill me any minute now. And this guy got so mad, he was shouting at him and demons manifesting. And the guy reached down on the ground, picked up a big rock, turned to his own wife standing next to him and went crash and crushed her skull. And she fell unconscious to the ground. And then he got completely mad, went completely into a, uh, a demonic state, ran to the wood heap and took a new axe ran over to his wife lying on the ground, picked up the axe and drove it straight through her skull and buried it right through her brain. And she lay there stone dead, her brains on the ground, blood pouring out all over the ground, stone dead. And then this man screamed and said, look what you've done. What are you going to do? Do something. And guys were going for guns and bows and arrows and the whole thing. Do something. And he said, he stood there and he thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden, as he stood there, he said he felt the life of God. He felt the generators of heaven. He felt the lightnings of God. He felt that mighty stirring in the inner man of the power that was so resident, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He began to understand. The eyes of his understanding suddenly opened, and he understood the unlimited magnitude of the power that was towards him. And he rose up, and he said, pull the axe out of her head. They pulled that thing out. Hold her skull together. Carry her into the hut. They carried her in, took her into the hut. And he said, get me needles, get me hot towels, get me bandages, get me hot water. He'd seen some of the movies, I guess. 
So all they ever asked for hot water and bandages. They bought a needle and cord. And he said, pull the skull together. Push the brain back in. Hold the skull. And he sewed it up with a bag, needle and cord. This woman's brain was half on the ground outside, stone dead. Sewed up her head. And then he pointed to her. He said he felt like a military commander. He said what was coming out of him was the resurrection power. What was coming through his body was the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. What's coming out of his body was the same power flowing out of him that was there at the garden tomb. I want to tell you something tonight. It's in you, my friend. It's in you. It's in you. You haven't been baptized with some weak Holy Spirit. You go, well, I don't feel much. I don't care what you feel. If you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and lightning fire, you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You've got the fullness of the Godhead within you. Christ himself, by the power of the Holy Ghost, has come to indwell you and to permeate every cell and every fiber of your being. We ought to be shining with supernatural power. We ought to be alive. I feel it now. I feel it my toes. My toes are bent like that at the moment. Bent over. When they get like that, I'm always in trouble. I usually start running somewhere. He pointed to her in pidgin English. He said, in the name belong Jesus, life. In the name belong Jesus. And with that, fresh blood began to pump out of her head. They pushed, pushed a bandage, some bandages onto her head. Her head rolled over and the dead eyes opened up alive. You say, did she walk out that day? It took a month before she was walking around the village. But when you've had an axe through your skull, it normally takes a little while. There was a revival up there. Guess who the pastor is? Axeman. I imagine they'd have very, very interesting marriage seminars. I also guarantee that uh, I guarantee that he cuts the that she cuts the wood. Every time she'd see an axe, she'd just sort of mm. probably had to have some counselling and a bit of deliverance over axes. God raises the dead. Someone say, God raises the dead. God raises the dead. God raises the dead. I've seen some exciting things. I haven't got time to tell you too many, but seen some things happen in road accidents with people lying on the ground near death. We just pray for them. They seem they're sitting up talking coherently. And one of my friends, young man in Sydney, car hit a tree outside. The bloke was stone dead. He ran outside and he said to them, I'm a man of God. He's, he's 20 years of age. I'm a man of God paramedics had declared this guy's dead he was his knees were under his chin his head was open wide and he was stuck in the thing and they were just going to get the machine in to cut him out they weren't even trying he said let me pray for him and he began to pray for him and he took authority and later on they cut him out the guy got out with a broken leg and a head laceration the guy's 20 years of age goes to phil pringles church his uh, name's christian christian who is it christian anyway you heard the story. It's a good story, isn't it? Hallelujah. God raises the dead. God raises the dead. I've got a, some friends. I get out with the Aboriginals a lot. That's a lot of fun. I tell you, I've been out sometimes in the, in the right up in the north of Western Australia. Day after Christmas, it's about a million degrees, and the flies come out and they invade your head. 
and they go up your nose and every time you preach you swallow big blowflies and you feel them as you're preaching powerfully the anointed word of God they're going down flapping their little wings as they go down into your pancreas they're just exciting and you dread to think where they could have just been and, and it, it, you just don't even like to think about it I talked to one of my friends I said what are the greatest miracles you've seen in, in the time you've been here 14 years he said Maxie Wiltshire is a great friend of mine big powerful man he said ah oh, Tim probably about the nine raised from the dead and one that I love, the story that I love is one Aboriginal lady died. She was in the, in the mortuary across the road. And uh, all the Aboriginal ladies went into the town hall and they're praying for her. And these ladies, they pray, I tell you, these Aboriginal ladies, they get after God. The Aboriginal people know it. They know the spirit realm and they get after it. And uh, they're over in the room there and they're all praying in the town hall. Oh, Jesus, take hold. You can raise her up. You can raise her up. And they're all praying. And uh, midnight, they just said, yeah, she's all right now. She's all right now. Went home. She's right. She's right now. She's right now. Went home. Next morning, the nurse came to open up the mortuary. Opened up the door, and here's this Aboriginal lady, big girl, standing there. And she said, where you been? I've been cold all night. And that bed you gave me, that silver bed, and one miserable sheet. I'm cold. And the nurse went, took off up the road. When you're raised from the dead, where do you go? So the Aboriginal lady took off as well. Drunks coming home saw this Aboriginal lady run past, the dead one. It always helps a town in resurrection. Helps a revival. God raises the dead. Someone say, God raised the dead. If he, if he can raise the dead tonight, what can he do to that tuberculosis? What can he do to that, that asthma? What can he do to those growths? What can he do to the kidney pain? What can he do to... Uh, blocked arteries? What can he do to your blood pressure? What can he do to those cancerous growths? What can he do to those skin conditions? What can he do to those allergies? If he can raise the dead, what can he do? I mean, if he can raise the dead, what can he do in this house? God raises the dead, point one. Oh, I've gone over. Right, you're getting the last point in one minute. Here it is. I just went a minute over. You ready? How long have I gone, Reverend? I'm nearly finished. This is it. I'm winding. I've lost all track of time in New Zealand. Totally. He raises the dead and he calls the things that be not as though they are. One of my friends, this is my last story. One of my friends was preaching in Uganda. While he's preaching in Uganda, he, it, it's incredible when you preach in Africa because the demons manifest and you drag them out to a tent and there are big swirls going on. He was preaching there. I preached in uh, Lasaka with uh, I had President Chaluba's country, country palace. I slept in President Chaluba's bedroom. Fortunately, he and his wife weren't there at the time, but I had his bedroom and, and we had 50 armed guards with AK-47s. But uh, this guy was preaching in Uganda. As he was preaching, suddenly the whole crowd opened up. And like a massive opening of the waters and a woman stark naked came crawling from the rubbish tip next door crawled up to the front matted with rubbish her hair was matted her whole features she was like an animal that had crawled out of a rubbish dump she'd lived there eaten the food lived like a rat over there insane crazy demonized and she lay at the naked at the at the bottom of the the uh, platform hissing like a cobra trying to bite people crazy mad and my friend Dean walked over and he said you see what the devil does to a human life. And then he said, in the name of Jesus, and in a moment of time, 
a flash of the divine life of God flashed into that woman and the devils came out screaming and hope and fire and power flashed into the recess of her soul. And she sat up in her right mind. No doctor on earth could do that. No psychiatrist, no psychologist. They wrapped her in a rug and took her out. The next day, they got her up to testify. She had a beautiful blouse. Her hair was all done, a nice skirt, dressed up beautifully. And she got up and she said, my family was a wealthy family in this city. Idi Amin's men came in with their rifles and they dragged us out onto the road and lined us up. They said they took a gun and blew my husband's brains out and he hit the ground, dead on the ground. And then to the oldest child, boom, down the line of the kids and shot the family. And the blood ran like a river and they threw her down to the blood of her family and 28 soldiers raped her in the blood of a dead family. And she crawled away with every bit of hope, every shred of hope, every bit of future, every bit of life gone, every bit of purpose gone, every decent thing in her life shredded, everything, every recess of her life that had hope and love and purpose and care shredded by the powers of hell. And she crawled away to live in a rubbish dump like a rat, lived there, ate the food, crawled around, didn't just live with the rats they became her family over there but one night she felt the resurrection power she felt the god who raises the dead she sensed the presence of the god who raises the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were and she came crawling towards the source of that thing she came crawling towards the source crawling towards where that thing was coming from everything within her fighting to get away and she crawled up to that platform and lay there hissing and crying out in the blackness and the depravity of her messed up life and soul and in a moment of time the same power that raised Jesus from the dead the same power that raises the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were flashed out of the hands and the mouth of a man of God a man of God in whom dwelt the fullness of the Holy Ghost in whom dwelt all the fullness of God a man able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that he could ask or think according to that power that was at working within him and suddenly the flesh of the power of God went through her body and she sat up in her right mind. No doctor on earth could do it. But that's the God we worship tonight. And Abraham understood that he is the God who raises the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were. And in this house tonight, I want to tell you, we serve a God who raises the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were. We serve a God who's able to do the impossible. We serve a God who can touch your body with miracle power. We serve a God tonight who can take that arthritis out of your spine. We serve a God tonight who can take that arthritis out of your neck, out of your shoulders, out of your hands. We serve a God who can heal you in your stomach, who can heal you in your lungs. Take those growths out. Touch you emotionally. Touch the deepest recesses that nothing else can touch. And that's long enough. Oh, I went over a bit. We're winding up. Every head's bowed. Every eye closed. <coughs> Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder how many people in this building have never found God. You do not know him personally. You don't know about him. You've never, you've never known the fullness of the resurrection power of God coming into your life. You've never known the joy of your sins washed away. You've never, ever known what it is to feel the very life, the life of God flooding through your being. You've never known the joy and the fullness of knowing that your sins have been washed away, that you are a new creation, that old things have passed away and everything's become new. But something within you tonight says, I want what he's talking about. I want this life. 
life. I want this resurrection power. I want this thing that you're talking about tonight. If that's you in this house tonight, you say, that is what I need. You're talking to me. I want Christ tonight. I want to be saved tonight. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be born again by the Spirit of God. I need a new beginning. I need Christ tonight. I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want this new life. I want this new beginning. Maybe you're backslidden. You say, I've got to come back to what I've once known. Maybe you've known about God, but you've never, ever come to meet him personally. You've been to church, but you've never had that encounter with him where he's come to live within you. You know about him, but you've never come to know the joy of being filled and saturated with the very presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. You don't know him, but you want to know him intimately tonight, not from a distance, but from close up to night you say i need god i want to know god i want to know that i'm saved i want to know my sins are washed away if that is you across this meeting tonight would you lift your hand quickly wherever you are just slip it up nice and high so i can see it and then put it down quickly there's a hand over there there's a hand over there god bless you others quickly slip it up nice and high there's another hand over there god bless you someone else quickly slip it high so i can see it is there someone else quickly 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 all over the building all over the building is there anyone else anyone else let's all stand together let's all stand I'm going to ask you to do something, Christians. Would you turn to the person right next to you and just say, if you want to go, I'll go with you. If you want to go down there and make that decision and have that impact with Christ, I'll go with you. Just turn to that one and say, let's go. Because I, I want everyone that lifted their hand just to leave your place and come and stand down here at the front. Just come down and find Christ. We want to pray for you tonight. Christian, turn to the one next to you and say, would you come? And just bring that person next to you. Say, come on, let's go. Let's go. That's it. That's it. Keep coming. That's it. Keep coming. That's it. Keep coming. That's it. That's wonderful. Keep coming. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Are there others? Are there others? Are there others? Why don't you come? Are there others? Are there others tonight? Is it someone else? Have you done this before? It's the best thing you'll ever do. Have you done this before? It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Is there someone else? Quickly. Why don't you come? Is there someone else? Why don't you come? Anyone else? Come right down to the front so I know who's who. Just keep coming. Just come right down. That's it. Yeah. If you've come down to the front, just come up so I can see you've that's it anyone else yeah you come down the front or you're just down here you're just down here that's good God bless you I want you to pray this simple prayer with me those that have come pray this prayer dear heavenly father I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God that he died on a Roman cross to cleanse me from every sin Tonight, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Make me new. I give you my life. I receive you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. And Lord, I just pray for each one that have come right now. That the hand of Almighty God would be upon them the anointing that the powers of hell would be broken off their lives that the glory of God would come upon them in a significant and powerful way devil get off their lives get off in the name of Jesus 
We want to do something. We want you to go with Pastor, what's his name? <laughs> Pastor Doug, over there. Just go for a walk with him and then come back in. want to give you something, have a chat with you. That's it. God bless you guys. God bless you. That's the best thing you'll ever do. That's it. That's it. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Now, God's here to meet you. God's here to meet you. Luke 5, the Bible says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in, but they could find no way. Because of the multitude, so they brought him up on the roof. We know that they lowered him down into the presence of Jesus. The Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal all those people that night. Present to heal all those Pharisees and Sadducees and doctors of the law. But only one person got healed that day. That was the man lowered down through the roof. The rest of them missed out. In fact, they went away and they said this. We have seen, we have seen strange things today. And the Greek translation of that word is, we have seen things we did not expect. And you see, without expectation, we get nothing. A little woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garments, I know that I'll get healed. I know it. I know it. I know it. If I can just touch. She made up her mind and she came in the press. For she said within herself, today's my day. Today's my day. Today's my day. You see, there's two groups of people in the church tonight. There are those that are actually anticipating their miracle and those that aren't I am just very conscious of someone with thyroid trouble God wants to touch you with thyroid problems there might be more than one but is there someone here in this middle in this section right in front of me with thyroid problems would you come would you come Do you have any difficulties in the lumbar part of your back? Yeah. Do you get sciatic pain down one side as well? Is it your right side? Yeah. Put your hands up to God. Now, do you, you get some shortness of breath at times too, do you? Yeah. How long have you been suffering with that? Yeah. And you wake up sometimes in a bit of a panic in the night. And is it something about the way you sleep or, or is it just a... It's a heart condition that causes that, that shortness of breath. And you wake up in a panic. You come out in a cold sweat and you're scared to go back to sleep. Is that, is, is that accurate? Well, I've got faith to believe tonight that God can completely heal your heart. That he can... That I think it's going to be just a, an overhaul. Do you, do you have some allergies? Do you have some allergies? Is it... A, yeah, so you're allergic to the medication. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you come out in a rash with that thing. Mm. Now, we've never met, have we? And Pastor, I, I, I wouldn't have a clue who you are or anything about you, but God told me those things. And normally he'll tell you those things to give you faith to receive your miracle. 
You see, the power of God's on you, and I'm not praying till I just know the right moment just to touch you and release the power of God through your body. But right now, your faith is actually rising. You're going from, hey, I think I can get this tonight. Hey, I actually think I might get a miracle tonight. Hey, I actually think I might. Uh, actually, I'm hoping for it. I think I just might get it tonight. And uh, you see, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. Evidence, title deed, of things not yet seen. Now, when I lay my hands on you, the power of God will go through your body. The same power that was wrought in Christ when God raised him from the dead will go through your body from my hand. Why? Because Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and impart it. And the power of faith shall raise the one that's sick. According to James 5. Now, somewhere near her is someone who's damaged the lower back as well. Someone over here. Who is the damage to the lower back? Just over here. Someone over here. Who is that? Who is that? Quickly. Who is that? Lower back. Your lower back. I'm conscious still of the lower part of the back, particularly on the right-hand side. It may be a muscle situation, but it's definitely in that lower, just above your hip. Who is that? Just come. Put your hands up to God. Did you, did you at some stage have a fall with your lower back? Have you, have you damaged anything on that right at the base? The base of your spine? Okay, lift your hands up to God. Who's, who is the person back there that's had a fall and damaged the base of your spine? The base of your spine, the coccyx bone, I believe it's called, and a lot of pain as a result of damage to your coccyx bone. Who is that? Someone over here, who is that? Who is that? Quickly. I know I've got that from God. Who is the person? Quickly. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Damage the coccyx bone. Don't wait for someone else. Just come. Just come. Just come. Do you, do you suffer with asthma at all? Do you have asthma? You do, don't you? Yeah. You don't need that, do you? You see, some people say, oh, there'll always be someone that's got a damage of a coccyx bone. But you have, I just felt the Lord say, just ask if you have an asthma situation and... Uh, just to confirm that you are the right person. Lift your hands up to God. My Father, let the mighty power Come bring, bring that sister up here. Bring that sister up here. She's getting some medicine. It's a healing meeting and she's just getting some medicine. It's called the joy. Come over here, sister. You're going the wrong way. That's right. Just come over this way. Come up here. What's your name? Do you need a healing, Shelley? Do you? What do you need? Come up a bit closer. Just come up a bit closer. Not you, this brother behind. Lower back. I don't want any. We're praying for it. Exactly. And have the joy with it. Yeah, enjoy that. Have the joy. No, someone say, have the joy. You have. There's the joy here.
pull that thing you get over your eyes, sinus. Strong sinus pain above the eyes. Who's that? Who gets that? Who gets that quickly? Who gets that? Strong sinus pain. God wants to touch you. <laughs> you ready to get healed? So are you ready to receive a miracle? Are you here for your good looks or for a miracle? Oh, good. Glad about that. I've never met any of these people, so I'm just going out in what they call the wood of knowledge. If you don't understand, it's not like that idiot on the crossing over that says if you've got a cat named George and, and uh, oh, Auntie Mavis says everything's all right over here, we're playing chess at the local uh, whatever. Because that guy's just dealing with familiar spirits and there's a big difference. We're operating with a thing called the wood of knowledge, which is found in the book of Corinthians and it's... It's just the knowledge that God gives. The Bible says he declares to man what are his thoughts. And uh, he wants people healed. And the reason that he gives you certain things is so your faith just gets lifted. Why are you standing up? You're making the place look terribly untidy. Take a seat, folks. Now, one of the things that I always do when I come from Australia is bring a kookaburra. It's been something we've done over the years. And... Uh, I really, I really wish I hadn't said that. Lift, lift your hands up. Jesus, everybody, just reach out to the Lord. Just don't go away. What are you suffering with? You're nervous. Why? Well, there's nothing to be nervous about. Put your hands up to God. God's here. How many people have sinus problems? How many people have a blocked nostril or something? You, 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 you can't breathe out of one nostril. Stand to your feet. We'll clear it in Jesus' name. We'll have a, a nose opening. Just a good thorough nose opening. feel alive tonight. I've waffled around like an old chook for 24 hours and tonight I just feel good in God. I feel good. God's in the house. God's here. What a good church. Now listen, put your hand on your nose. If you've got sinus trouble, put your hand on your nose. If you've got a nostril, how many actually have a nostril that you can't breathe out of? My nose hasn't been that flash for a long time. I got hit with a bouncer playing cricket one day. I teased the poor guy bowling told him that he was a pie thrower and he hit me with a bouncer I went to hospital I think he mentioned something about the pies as I was leaving Jesus Jesus 